BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast and happy Monday. Hope everybody's having a great day. I know I am because... Hmm. Because you like it? Mm, because I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. reason enough for me to be having a great day. Jackie, that's beautiful. Thanks, but I'm so glad you're having a great day. It's a beautiful day outside. It's a beautiful Monday. We had a beautiful weekend. I got lots of turdy loo time. You did. You did. You did. And for that, I feel blessed. Yeah, it was kind of like an amazing weekend. Mm. I didn't, not that this should be like revolutionary, but I didn't drink, um, which just makes the weekend so much longer. Yeah. When I woke up on Sunday, I pretty much, I thought it was Monday and I'm like, uh, but it wasn't. It was Sunday. Yeah. And then we had a nice girly swirly day. Yeah, we had girly swirly day Saturday and Sunday. Like I came over to your house Saturday. I did go to Zabar. It's just like a, you know, quick update from Friday's episode. Um, I did get like a lot of backlash from the New York community being like, Eli's isn't Zabar's. Okay, so oh like Zabar's. Oh my God, shut up. Yeah, Zabar's is like the original one location on the Upper West Side. And then like different members of the Zabar's family opened like grocery stores, restaurants, okay. Eli's Marketplace, Eli's Essentials. I do agree with that because there is like Zabar's and that's Zabar's and like you were taken in by Eli's world. Yeah. But I think you can colloquially call it Zabar's without the pitchforks. Yeah, without being attacked. Yeah, I think that's a little extreme, but I do know what they're saying because Zabar's is different than like what we saw and what we were so taken by. No, but like they're all like the same. Yeah. Yeah, well, you brought me a bounty. I thought you were saying you were got backlash from your haul because you did a oh, little no. TikTok haul. So I went to Zabar's before I went to Jackie's apartment on Saturday. Me and Ben just like, Ben was, Ben also like classic New Yorker. I'm sure he's been to Zabar's, but really until I opened his eyes to like the magic of it, he was kind of, you know, moving through life, not even thinking about Zabar's. And now it's all we think about. Yeah. How are you going to get and to Zabar's? Where can you go that's a close to a Zabar's so you can work in a trip to Zabar's? You know, our, our lease is almost up and like we are 
heavily thinking about moving near a Zabar's or an <laughs> Eli's location. Um, but on Saturday, like, I wanted to stock my house with delicious treats, but then I was also going to Jack's house, and I'm like, you know, this pregnant girlie needs this delicious food. The bebe needs this delicious food, as we're calling him Larry, little Harry. He needs, <laughs> Larry needs sourdough. Larry needs these cookies. So I went so hard. I spent, and by the way, when I went to the Zabar's just during our doctor's appointments on Friday, I just picked up like a bagel and a bottle of water. Like I remember getting two bagels, two waters and a muffin and it was $19. And I was like, I was unfazed by the $19, you know, in this climate inflation, ice cream is $10. I was like, all right, I didn't even blink. I'm like, okay, 19. Then me and Ben are parading through the store for like the first 15 minutes. We are throwing everything in our cart. And then we get to these delicious organic homemade jams. And Ben decides to look at the price of something. I'm like, oh, yeah, we should probably, like, see what the vibe is here. Jam? $30. $30 for motherfucking jam. And that's when we kind of took everything in our cart and we're, like, looking at all the prices. And we did put some things back. But some of the essentials, I was like, you know what? We're paying for the experience. And I, I figured you know, maybe Jackie will pay me back for the stuff I'm getting her and, like, it won't cost as much. Um, she did not pay me back. I I'm did. kidding. I would never. I, didn't even I would never. It, it was a gift. It was a gift. It was a gift. Okay. It didn't occur to me, but I'm happy to pay you. No, no. It was a gift. I stand by my gift. I'm not like that at all. <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm simply not. It was just very jarring. And so, you know, people on TikTok are always talking about Erewhon in LA. I've actually never been to Erewhon, but it's similar. It's like an upscale grocery store. It's supposed to be like for the essentials. And like a water bottle is $15. And I just figured that those people need to know about Zabar's, where a jam is $30 and a box of cookies is $25. Yeah, but I feel like I've been to an Erewhon before, and I do feel as though you're kind of paying for the name and the experience and like some hoity-toity like value set whereas at Zabar's like you're paying for a loaf of bread like you're paying for sustenance and you're getting food I feel like at Air One you're not getting food you're just getting vibes that's true I have to say though I really can't blame a business owner for hiking their prices up during this economy like if anything it's their right and you know I felt good about supporting the economy like I'm just trying to put a positive spin on it you know yeah no and I've been loving my bounty I had some bread this morning I had sourdough and eggs how good is that bread so good it's like really inspired me to want to make more sandwiches I actually was going to do like a call out on my IG story like what are some good sandwiches for pregnant ladies because all the good ones we can't eat like a turkey right, like sandwich. deli meats you yeah. know oh that sucks so I need to get creative and make some sandwiches before the bread goes bad yeah I had a sandwich last night too a delicious grilled chez I don't really love that's what I was saying to Ben I don't really love sandwiches. But that's because I don't really like like sweaty meats. So and most people will have like a turkey sandwich, a pastrami sandwich. I don't like – what other sandwiches are there? I pretty much eat peanut butter and jelly and grilled cheese, which is like kids' menu. I like a tuna sandwich. Can't have it. Hate. But yet, no, that's why you need to like have a caprese or something. Ugh. I know. So I like love the concept of sandwiches. Like I think if somebody were to be like, let's have sandwiches, I would say yes, let's. But in actuality – in execution, I don't really, like, know what sandwiches are there for me. Why can't you have a, t a turkey sandwich? You love turkey. I do love deli turkey, like, that you can, like, roll up and just pop in your mouth. But not, like, in a sandwich. Well, but that's also, because you don't like lettuce and... I don't like the accoutrement. And you need it. You can't just have turkey on bread. It's too dry. Right. You need mustard, lettuce, pickles. Yeah. And you don't fuck with any of those things. I do not... That's why you don't you like see, it. You see, 
you see this predicament I found myself in with my big loaf of sourdough. Yeah, but I think you'll find your way out. One thing about me, like, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. She perseveres, that turdy. And then speaking of perseverance, something really kind of difficult that I experienced this weekend that was really hard for me. On Sunday, I woke up alone. Ben was golfing, whatever. And I was like, you know what? I was bored. So I'm like, I'm going to take myself out to lunch. And I brought my Kindle and I was like so excited. And I was going to your house afterwards. So I figured I really needed to bring Theo with me because I don't want to leave Theo home alone all day. And he should be able to see Bruce whenever he wants. Yeah. Like, so I took Theo, I took Theo to lunch with me. I took Theo to lunch with me at a restaurant that I always see dogs at. So I know it's dog friendly. They didn't give me shit at all. They were totally nice. But my God, Theo is not a restaurant dog. I see like other dogs in restaurants and they're just laying at the owner's feet, like sleeping, being so sweet. Theo did not sit for one moment. There actually came a point. He was on the leash under the table. I was just trying to just keep him under there. There was one point where he fully barked. And I was humil I was embarrassado in the actual meeting. Oh no. In no, the, the actual meeting is pregnant. In the English meeting. Yeah. I embarrassado. That's he humiliating. Didn't stop. That your boy he did that to you. He was jumping up on the table. So then I like put him in my lap and I was like, sit down. And then the lady came over. She's like, I'm really sorry, you can't have the dog up on the booth. And I'm like, you know what? That's fair. That's quite just literally disgusting. So I put him back on the floor. I ate my lunch so rushed. I didn't even get to read. I was eating my wrap with one hand and like caressing Theo with the other, giving him little bits of lettuce so he would just shut up. And I don't know at what point, like, is it either you like have a dog fit for restaurants or you don't? Is it something that they learn? Well, my theory was that it comes with age. Like, he's just a little too young and excited to be in a restaurant. But I think some of the older dogs can handle it better. Better, But I also think that there are just dogs that are trained for that sort of environment. And Theo's not. No. And there are also just some dogs who aren't, like, hungry dogs. Like, the reason why Theo was being so nuts was because he was hungry. Like, Theo could have literally accidentally gotten into his entire 15-pound bag of kibble, and he'd still be hungry afterwards. Like, That's he doesn't my say no to f- Yeah, he doesn't say no to food. And I don't think all dogs are like that. I think some dogs, like, eat, and they're good. And then, I don't know. You know they don't, I don't think so. Just do all dogs literally spend all day every Trying ounce of their food. brain power looking for food? Maybe, like, all dogs except, like, chihuahuas. They don't have, like, that much space, you know? Yeah. But it's, the, it's not the chihuahuas who are chill at the restaurant, by the way. You know, the last time I went, that really inspired me. I saw this enormous golden doodle just, like, chilling. Damn. I don't know what it is. Maybe people could give you tips. I personally have been thinking about, and I'm not going to do it because, like, because I have a baby, so I think it's really silly, but I'm kind of loving, like, dog strollers. Like, when I see someone with a stroller for their dog, I'm so jealous. Like, I know that the Streisand would love it. But, like, how can I finagle, like, a, a real stroller and a dog stroller? No, you can't. No, I'm like, sure they have, like, duos. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they do. But also, Streisand usually goes in the undercarriage of the stroller, and he likes that. But I usually just don't walk with him and the stroller because it's a mess. But I feel like if you got Theo, like, a little houseboat for himself, then, but like... Theo loves to walk. Oh, he loves to walk. See, Stry doesn't like to use those little legs. No, he cries when he walks. He's like, Mom, can we go back to bed? Yeah, Where's like, the pad? he just, like, wants to be picked up. Yeah. No, he's literally, like, meant for a stroller. By the way, the way that you feel about, like, dog strollers is the way that I've started to feel. I was having this conversation with Ben, and he was like, those are disgusting. I can't believe. 
I think that leashes for kids is the smartest idea. And they're not leashes. It's not like a collar around the kid's neck. Yeah, it's like a it's harness. It's like a tether. Yeah, it's like a backpack. Because when I'm, I always, like, I have such sympathy for, like, moms in the streets who have, like, a stroller and then two toddlers and the toddlers are running ahead. And, you know, there's cars, there's streetlights, there's pedestrian, like, laws that kids don't know about. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get canceled, but, like, if and when I become a mom, like, I will be tethering the shit out of my kids to my hips. I, they can't be running around these streets. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea either. It's good for the mom and it's good for the kids. And as long it's not around their neck, like, it, it's right. either, like, a backpack that you clip onto or something. Yeah. And I do see the logic in it as well. No, I think that, like, kid leashes need to be rebranded because whoever gave them, the, like, the name leash, it's like, well, you're going to treat a human like a dog. I get it. But there is enormous benefits. When I, Every day I leave the house, I see someone, I'm like, you know, you need a leash. <laughs> like, when you have a stroller and, like, you're, you, your job is the stroller, but then you have two little toddlers, like, and the kids love to just run ahead, run ahead, run ahead. No. Yeah. And I don't think it's necessary if you live in the suburbs, but, like, when I see kids walking these mean streets of Manhattan. It's so busy. Anything can go wrong. All it takes is a second. I think I'm going to go on Shark Tank and I'm going to start like a business. But we're we're kind of taking back yeah, the you power. Yeah, you need a name. Tethers. Is tether bad? Like your children should be tethered to you. Yeah, I think tether is good. Tether kid. You're a tether kid. You should have been a tether kid. I was the exact type of kid who needed to be tethered. And I didn't even live in the city when I was at my like height of... But it's also good Energy. for, like, when you're taking your kids to the mall or, like, to the airport. Yep. Like, any yes. cr- concert. 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 No, I'm, Honestly, I'm we should use you. it, like, for friends. Like, the buddy system. Like, oh, me and you are going to a concert and we don't want to get separated. Let's tether ourselves. I completely agree. Let's. Hmm. Wow. Makes you, th- makes you think. Makes you think. Just a billion dollar idea on a Monday morning. Right. And that's the kind of... Um, ingenuity you can come to expect here at the toast yeah and we never make any of these ideas come to fruition so they're kind of like open ips and you could pick one up and make it your own at any time and we'll just be happy to enjoy the product that we dreamed of no and a and a percentage in royalty we're not stupid oh really how can we ensure that no we're just asking the toasters will give us the toasters whoever whatever toaster one of these days decides to take on one of the ideas we spout here at the toast they will give one percent to us and then when it becomes a multi-billion dollar company we'll just be like raking in our one percent in turks and caicos okay so one percent for you one percent for me two each two and a half each and then one for bryce one for strice because we couldn't do it without them also they literally inspired this idea yeah but they literally don't have bank accounts so i'm not about to like give an honorary percentage to a dog when that percentage could be mine yeah bruno lost all his money in crypto and he's like not been okay ever since I've actually, I've noticed a shift. I didn't realize he was going through that. Yeah, he is. So now he just has to like come to me and do his chores and it's just, things are different for him. He can't take Magnolia to the Maldives whenever he wants. You know, I think it's actually good. He was like flying a little too high. A hundred percent. Every day ask me for five grand to take Knowles to the Maldives. I'm like, what the fuck do you guys do there? You say, Bruno, I haven't even been to the Maldives. Literally. So let's talk shop. Let's talk what's going on. Let's talk what's happening on this episode and what's happening this week. Okay. So I know that you are like using your bed rest for for good. You are watching The Real Housewives of New Jersey. And I think we should do like a full recap. We haven't been keeping up with this season. I have a, like very late though. And I did skip like three episodes because I just couldn't. Yeah. Um, we have... Let's do that in the TV recap. Okay, because I am about halfway through the season. I'm I'm in Ireland. They're on their trip. It was a dark trip. 
Yeah. It, oh, I guess they they just finished their trip. It's the season is so crazy. I'm glad to be watching it all together though because like I don't have that many thoughts episodically. Like I'm just right. enjoying it. And I also love the women. I also love the way that they've built the cast now where it's like we have our core cast, but we have like probably double the amount of people and just like friends of. And so yeah. when we go on a trip, there's just like so many people and personalities and it's not like the same we actually we do wind up having the same conversations at every meal about how Rachel Fuda right. is a rat and Margaret yeah. has an arsenal. Every single meal we talk about Margaret's arsenal. Um, but other than that, it's like nice to see like just fresh. It's a cool dynamic. It's not just the same five people. Like Jackie's there, and and they don't have to do the most, but they add a little something. So I'm really enjoying the the season. So we'll do that in TV recap, and then I also want to talk about a show that I watched that a lot of people recommended. Um, I'm only on episode three. It's called Love and Death on HBO Max, or excuse me, Max. And I think you would love it. And I want to talk about it in TV recap. Okay, I'll add it to my content plate. Uh, is it depressing? It's a good question. It's like, it's not. Okay, then then great. But it's not, it's not like uplifting. <laughs> no, I don't need it to be Ted Lasso. I just feel like I always go to watch a show, especially like fictional drama shows, and like that every single one is depressing. Like intentionally no, it's set out to depress me. And yeah. I don't need uplifting nonsense. I just like want a regular, regular fucking show. So we'll do that. And then this week, I got my schedule all together over the weekend. I'm excited. So today we're doing audio only. If you're on YouTube, apologies. Um, audio only Jackson Claude. And then we're also doing audio only Jackson Claude on Thursday because we, you know, were had the foresight to realize Wednesday night is Vanderpump Rules. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be together for the recap on Thursday. And then we're also going to be together on Friday because Friday is just like a special day for us so monday thursday friday is audio only fridays in general are special you're making it seem like we have like a big thing on friday oh no just like you and i have like a deep connection to the day friday the day of the fry yeah exactly and then for tuesday wednesday we could have still done audio only but you know me like it department has to get a video up so tomorrow we have just uh, a check-in with taylor strecker which i'm really excited to do because she's just been like traveling on tour with Stassi so we'll like get the tea and she's just like a great pop culture girl I loved and the toasters love her like that nothing brings me more joy than like a regular degular kind of one of our go-to fill-ins who people love like Margot, Ben and Taylor Strecker I know like we're not gonna get hate for you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. and then Wednesday we have Joey Camasta coming back which honestly I didn't realize how much of a movement there was within the toaster community to bring Joey back Joey came on a year ago during your maternity leave and then I think he was on like a few years before that just with you and I as a guest and he was dazzled everyone and he has this new life like this new career at Barstool that has really just given him like a new audience and I think the toasters are gonna love the episode I mean I haven't recorded it yet but I just have a feeling it's gonna be great and they were so happy that Joey's coming back. The comments really good. for Joey were crazy crazy which makes me so I mean the last time he came on he really was when he told the story about shitting his pants in the Uber Mal like Sashimi. Mal Sashimi. <laughs> If you haven't um, heard that episode, like I highly suggest going back to last maternity leave. It was what, May? February, Ma March. March? No, because, yeah. We Something took off February. Like, we took off like from February to March, so it would have been like late March or April. Go look the 2022 episode with Joey Camasta. It's if you are unfamiliar with his work in preparation for Wednesday. So I feel really good about where the schedule is at this week. I feel good that like you're going to be here, but you're also going to get like, you know, a couple of days off yeah. to just relax and chill and eat sourdough sandwiches <laughs> literally to eat sandwiches so I feel good I feel good that you feel good it's a good balance of Jackson Claude and also like Claude thirsting out in the studio on camera being the snatchler which she has to do like she looks great and you gotta see her 
And I forgot to tell you this, but like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night of this week. Oh, that's literally today. Tonight, tomorrow, and the day after. I have plans to get dressed and stay alert all three nights at three Taylor-frequented restaurants. Do you know that Wednesday night you have plans with Margot? Ashray? Yeah. She was telling me you guys were going to a concert. And I was like, oh, I know everything about Claudia's (gasps) schedule. And she hasn't mentioned it. Because I know your schedule. Oh, shit. I figured you forgot because I hadn't heard about it. Oh, shit. Did she get tickets? Yes, she said. Like, I asked her what she was doing this week. And, like, that's what she's doing on Wednesday. She's hanging out with you. Oh, fuck me in the ass. What plans did you make? I was going to go to dinner with um, this guy, Blake. I wonder if he listens to The Toast. Who Ben knows um, through Spritz. And Ben was just like, you'll really like this guy. Um, Like, you guys are very similar. He, like, loves Housewives. And then I went to his Instagram and, like, all of his pictures are just hanging out with different housewives. So I was like, I have to meet this guy. Um, but shit, I think I might have to reschedule. I forgot I had concert tickets. Or maybe you could like do both, dinner before the show or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shit. Oh, I have to talk to Ben. Ben hates when I'm the worst with my calendar. I didn't realize it was June 7th already. Yes, me and Margo had concert tickets. I totally forgot. Yeah, I figured you forgot because it just sounded and so... And you had dinner with her last night and she was she was talking about it like the plans were on. Yeah, yeah, because I was asking her like what she has coming up this week. We had um, pulled brisket sandwiches together. You did? Yeah, we did. How was it? it was... I've been telling Jackie because I got her these brioche <laughs> hamburger buns from Zabar's. All we talk about honestly, is sandwiches. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But I and by the way, Friday's episode being called Sandwich Slut, like today's episode should have been called Sandwich Slut. I put in our cart these brioche hamburger buns, and I was like, you know what? I wasn't sure who they were going to be for, and honestly, my my price, like my bill, was already so high, I couldn't take two. I'm like, you know what? I'll give these to Jackie, and it's been the biggest regret of my life. But she was like, I want to make a sandwich with the brioche buns. What should I do? And I'm like, it's such a sandwich because it's so, it's such a bread for like a, a wet kind of saucy meat that I thought pulled brisket. So you did it. How was it? It was good, but I actually didn't wind up using your buns even because the buns from the place that you told me to order the brisket from were like perfectly good. And so I just didn't rearrange. So I still have the buns. Do you have any extra brisket? No. Shit. Yeah. But I could give you the buns. I still haven't opened them. No, like they're for you. And I want you to enjoy them. Like it would make me happier if you would just eat them. Yeah. I need a sloppy joe. Yes, you do. Should I have Ben make you some and I'll bring it over? Yes. That's what. Well, actually, not to like ruin a surprise, but like me and Ben defrosted um, beef and I was going to like make a vat of chili and bring it to you. And the second we defrosted the meat, Ben opened the pack and it smelled like raw eggs. Like it was like a bad thing of meat. Oh my God. So we, that was like, the plan was kind of aborted. I really appreciate the effort. Um, Just only at Turdy's house do those things happen. A hundred percent. Something about your kitchen is cursed. That's another reason why you have to move. No, I know. I think there's like a rogue element in your kitchen that goes around like fucking but with I your think food. It, but I think that rogue element follows me from apartment to apartment because all of my kitchens and all the apartments I've ever lived in, I am unable to properly cook something. So it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me, I not the kitchen. Like there's a little bit of like education that goes into like meat handling and stuff, you know, like temperature. But it was Ben. It wasn't me. I was literally sitting on the couch. Yeah, but like when the meat arrived, whenever you bought it. What Directly happened? in the freezer. Oh. I don't fuck around with meat. Yeah. Oh my God, I totally forgot about this concert. You need to go to a it's... meat education class. I need to go to meatspin.com. <laughs> <laughs> you do. I think that's what I need to do. You do. I think that's what I need to do. Um, 
this concert just really like threw a loop through my whole week. I was supposed to get dressed and say alert. I mean, you don't have to go. No, like Margot bought tickets and I told her I wanted to go. And it's, do you know who Noah Khan is? Yeah, stick season. And I love Vermont, but it's the season of the... St- and he's, like, really good. And I've actually been listening to his album a lot. If I get too close... Like, I should go. I should go. And, like, this... I don't know if I told you this, but, like, you know how this is my year of yes? Which, by the way, I'm kind of crushing. Do you agree? Yeah. This is also, like, my summer of concerts. Like, I love concerts, and I should just go. Oh, that's nice. I I love a summer of concerts. I literally used to go to a concert every three days, like... Before COVID. It's so fun. Yeah. It's so fun. I'm going to go. I'm going to have to tell Ben to reschedule the dinner. Blake, if you're hearing this, I'm so sorry. Yeah. You could always do another dinner. Like, it's just Noah can't be rescheduled. I know. I don't think Blake lives here. That's the thing. I think he, like, came to town for a few days. Oh. Maybe a lunch? I'll try and make it work. Yeah, maybe a lunch. I love a lunch. Yeah, lunch is good. Lunch is really good. Just don't bring Theo. A hundred percent. Lesson learned. Um, okay, well, I feel like now we could get into the stories. If we, if we must. If we wanted to. And I do. Do you? Uh, yeah, sure. Jackie. There means. Do you? Jackie, do you? Do you? What's that? What ad is that? We, I don't want to say the brand, but like, a, like probably a year ago, we got like a, a six ad buy from like a very prestigious brand and their copy was just like a little cringe. It was like, do you? Do you? And I couldn't say it. I like, know, but I just I, I'm couldn't. trying to remember what brand it was. I think I. Re- I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna forsake them on this platform. And it was just really they, hard for us to not say because they supported us. It's not hard. It's just hard for us to not say like, do you do da do do that do like no? I was like, do you do you? <laughs> it's just it's <laughs> trick. It was a tongue twister. It was. Well, I look forward to seeing what the brands have cooked up for us today. And without further ado to do, do, do about whether or not you do you, here are the Fast Five stories that you need to know. Today's episode is brought to you by Skylight Frames, just in time for Father's Day. With Father's Day coming up, are you ready to give the best gift ever? Well, give the Skylight Digital Photo Frame. It brings joy on a daily basis. Watching the photo cycle and seeing new ones come in is a thrill. If you're not able to visit your dad much, that's even more of a reason that he'll love the gift of a skylight frame. It's a touchscreen photo frame that you can email photos to and they will appear in seconds, no matter where you are, so dad can see your favorite moments. He'll love it. I feel like this is such a dad gift. And what's so great about it, it's really, even though it's like, you know, a digital photo frame, it's really not hard to set up. Like even the least tech savvy person can figure it out. And then you, the kid, can take care of populating the photos from your phone no matter where you are. It's a great way to feel close to those that you love, especially when you're far away, and it's a gift that the whole family can enjoy. Anyone can send photos to the frame anytime, anywhere, from wherever they are. It's a gift that keeps family members actively in touch. Besides displaying wonderful photos, you're also gifting a gorgeous frame that adds a beautiful touch to any home. They have a 10-inch or a 15-inch touchscreen, and it's so fun to swipe through the photos and use the tap, and you can even tap the heart button to let the sender know that the photo is special to them. So it's interactive, and it's fun to use. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee if dad doesn't love his skylight frame they'll offer you a full refund you could preload it with favorite photos for a special father's day gift surprise him with photos that he didn't even know you had with a special gift mode feature now as a special father's day offer get 10 percent off that's up to 30 dollars off your frame when you go to skylightframe.com toast to get 10 percent off 
up to $30 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash toast. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash toast. Today's episode is also brought to you by Lululemon. Specifically, Lululemon shorts. They were made to stretch, flex, and support the infinite ways of working out, giving you the courage to leap into something totally new and totally unexpected. So they have fabulous shorts at Lululemon just in time for, you know, sweaty crotch season, which is... It's not even upon us. It's here, you guys, and you got to be prepared. Some of our favorite shorts from Lululemon include the Hottie Hot short, which is the short with a comfortable range of motion and a flattering fit. They allow you to max your stride so you can move freely with confidence. They also have the Wonder Train short, which I love. They're a short with supportive stretch that also keeps you dry. So it's powered by Everlux fabric. The Wonder Train collection manages heat and sweat so you stay comfortable and stay focused the material is sweat wicking and quick drying which is so important in these extremely toxic extremely warm times and they have great shorts for women of course but they also have great shorts for men so either as a father's day gift or if the man in your life is kind of struggling during these warm weather times with like a sweaty undercarriage check out the pace breaker short it's a versatile short that's up to any challenge the ultra lightweight fabric means you can train move and stretch how you want without the baggage each pair of pace breaker shorts is designed to wick away moisture so all that's left is your intention. Secure storage means you can keep things close without feeling them bounce around if you catch my drift. So all these shorts are available at lululemon.com. Lululemon is a brand that you can trust when it comes to summer wear, when it comes to athleisure and workout clothes. So get into the Lululemon shorts at lululemon.com. That's L-U-L-U lemon.com. Thanks, Turdy Lou. Lemon, it's Wednesday. Okay, so let's get into the stories. First story broke kind of at the end of last week, but Natalie Portman and her husband, Benjamin Millipide, are fighting for their marriage amid his affair with a 25-year-old. Okay, this is like kind of crazy, and I can't believe like we know what's going on. I know. She's so like private. I honestly couldn't even tell you the name of her husband before. didn't know she was married. Yeah. Didn't know any of this. But Natalie Portman and her ballet dancer husband are battling. Oh, how black swan of her. I know. Are battling to save their marriage after she discovered that he had an affair with a 25-year-old woman. Sources tell Page Six. They're told the pair who married in 2012 separated last year but managed to work through their relationship woes. Now their marriage has once again been rocked by revelations that he cheated. New photographs from France suggest that the former ballet principal dancer has been spending time with glamorous young climate activist Camille Etienne. Greta? Not Greta. Friend of Greta. (laughs) F-O-G. F-O-G. A source told Page Six that they have not split and are trying to work things out. Ben is doing everything he can to get Natalie to forgive him. He loves her and their family. So they're like working through this. But I guess now like... How old is Natalie Portman? uh, She is... I guess I could Google. Because I have a thought, but I just need to know her age. 41. Okay. And I'm assuming he's like around a similar age. Uh, Let me just confirm. Millipide age. 45. Okay. So I really do believe that like people in relationships can like get through infidelity. I think that like it's really hard, but I definitely respect anyone who tries to. But there's something different about, like, having an affair versus having an affair with a woman 20 years younger than you. Like, first of all, it's gross. Second of all, like, I just think it's, like, a even more depraved level of affair to go with someone, like, so young and impressionable. And I don't think that I would be able to work through this is kind of my point. Interesting. I mean, I Like, her being so young makes it literally so much worse. Yeah. 
I don't know that I would be able to either, but actually this was a conversation on Real Housewives of New Jersey in the episode I was just watching because Jen Fessler like took a break from her husband because he had an affair and then they separated and they got back together. And of course, like Jennifer Aiden, it's and it, and the women made like strong cases for like you can work through it. But I agree. Like, yeah. Something about this, I would say, get the fuck out of my face. Right. Like there are certain um affairs that relationships like can't come back from like kind of like you know Tom and Raquel like it being the wife's best friend like that takes it to another level so like okay like fucking somebody at work like that's kind of like the the best if you know like just a random when it's somebody like in your circle like a friend or a neighbor like that takes it to another level and I think going with somebody 20 years younger than you adds so much more insult to injury it's so disgusting and I think it shows like a a, a person like a characteristic in a person I wouldn't want to be married to, you know? Yeah, no, you make a very good point. It it, it is different. It's disgusting. It's like, it's like you're looking for something that that you're is never no, gonna find. That you're here. never gonna find is no longer there. Is no longer like who you are. And if that's like you, what you want to do with your life, then this life is never going to be for you. Right, because the whole point of a marriage with you know with an equal is that you grow old together. Mm-hmm. So if you're seeking and chasing youth, then we have nothing to discuss anymore, you know? Yeah. Like, this is disgusting. And the way, like, I hate this man and I had quite literally never heard his name. <laughs> like, good for Natalie for trying to make it work. It's clear that, like, she's committed to making her marriage work. This isn't the first time that they've experienced, like, a break or whatever. Um, So I commend the effort. But, like, I think some things are unforgivable. And I'm not saying that infidelity is always unforgivable like I do think people can work through them you have to be like extremely strong yeah um but it's reminding me a lot of the show that I'm watching love and death which is all about affairs oh interesting so uh, yeah. do you feel more passionately about it because of the show mm, no because in the show like you kind of become obsessed with the two people having an affair you know you're like yes toxic it's so fucked it's so fucked up um, but like in that situation, the, the people having an affair, like they all know each other. So it's like a, a friend sleeping with a friend's husband, which is another level of disgust. Yeah, I agree. This makes it worse. And I just can't believe that we know this level of information about someone who's like really so private. I guess it's like those French photographs. That like und- it's always like the Daily Mail out here telling us things we really shouldn't know. Yeah, like it's giving Dominic West and Lily James. That was still such a crazy time in American history that not enough people, like, really cared about. I kind of ship now with a little hindsight. No, that's the thing. (laughs) That's the thing about Downton Abbey is that once a character appears on Downton Abbey, they automatically become my favorite character. And he was in the most recent movie. And when I tell you there was not an actor on this planet I disliked more than Dominic West – because his character on The Affair was the worst. The worst. And then he did that Lily James thing. I was like, this guy's fucking disgusting. And then he went on The Crown, and and then he went on um, Downton Abbey, and I kind of am obsessed. Yeah, also The Crown. Even though he played Persons Charles, like, he did a really good job with the show, and he just mm-hmm. became a part of the cast and the history, and, like, yeah, I turned a corner. Is he on the final season, or they get, they go to an older Charles now? I don't know. I feel like he is, because this season is, like, about Diana's death. Yeah, but it's also, like, William and Kate. Have you been seeing all those images? Oh, yes, I have. Yes, yes, yes. It has to be someone older. Yeah. Even they can make him look older. I know, but they like to graduate. That's, like, my favorite and least favorite thing about The Crown. That, like, you fall in love. Like, the way I fucking loved Olivia Coleman as the queen. 
And this new girl is not doing it for me. Most of the time when they replace someone you love, like you still fall in love with the next person. Like they really do a very good job. But Olivia Coleman was a tough loss for me. I didn't feel as strongly as about Olivia Coleman. I liked Claire Foy. And I do feel like Imelda Staunton, who's the new queen, like she's getting a lot of hate. And is she? Well, yeah, she got like people because she's also from Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings or something. And so she's like too recognizable. People as, like, can't her see iconic. her as something else. And she's playing the queen in her flop era. And I just think the odds are right. stacked against her. And I want to support her. That's true. But I remember like loving Claire Foy when I first started watching The Crown. And you were like, by the way, I was like binging it late. You were like the next two seasons. She's not in like they do this thing where they, you know, cycle out characters. And I was so upset. And then immediately I loved Olivia Coleman. So it's like, I'm open to loving, but she is not doing it for me. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know if she's, I feel like she's in the next one too. Even Philip, like I did not want to give up on Matt Smith. Like I, but the next guy they got, I'm like, you know what? He's Tobias good. Menzies was good. And then also, you know, the guy from Game of Thrones, Shame. Oh, excellent. The Shamer. He's excellent shame but that by the way that's like another oh no in ted lasso rebecca's assistant you know rebecca's the shame woman oh right i didn't know that wait wait what me... no she's not no claudia i think she is she was pulled from the west end she's like a broadway london girl claudia i'm pretty sure she is the woman yeah google it you're <gasps> at your computer no, I believe you. I believe you. No, you have to see her in her shame garb. Okay, hold on, hold on. Rebecca Waddingham. Oh, no, not Rebecca. What's yeah, her name? Re- Hannah Waddingham. Yeah. Shame. Actress, Game of Thrones. Oh. Oh, my God. It's literally her. I don't believe. Oh, my God. Okay. That changes Wait, things. Well, what I was going to say about Ted Lasso is her assistant, like that, you know, funny British chubby guy. He's Sprout. Yes. From Game Downton Abbey. Yeah. I just love this little circle of like British characters, you know? Yeah. Love Sprout. I cannot believe that Rebecca is shame. Uh huh. That this is like as mind blowing to me when I found out that Tom Wamsgam is, is Mr. Mr. Darcy. Darcy. Yeah. I agree. Wow. Her versatility is unmatched. Unmatched. Well, I mean, our, that woman was fucking horrible on uh, Game of Thrones. Like, the most evil bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm in shock. I'm in shock. Yeah. I'm surprised she even got another role after that and wasn't just typecast Because she was so compelling. <laughs> Holy shit. Are you ready for our next story? I guess. I'm just still kind of digesting this news. I know. Sorry. I didn't mean to, like, blow your mind this morning. No, it's so important to know facts like that. It is. Especially at the toast. Yeah. Like, we live for facts like that. We live for facts like that. Our next story, someone else is responding to being typecast in one way or another. Ryan Gosling responds to the criticism that he's too old to play Ken and Barbie. So oh, Ryan Gosling he have, heard he Claudia on the toast. toast. Um, and he's clapping back at the trolls who have a problem with him being cast as Ken. Oh, not him calling me a troll. I'm giving, like, valid criticism. I don't think trolls is his word, to be, to okay. be fair. So he did an interview with GQ this week, and he would, he said, I would say, you know, if people don't want to play with my Ken, there are many other Kens to play with. He said that he thinks this discourse is funny, given that people didn't think about Ken before he was cast. But suddenly it's like, no, we've cared about Ken this whole time. No, you didn't. You never did. You never cared. Barbie never fucked with Ken. That's the point. 
He said, if you really ever cared about Ken, you would know that nobody cared about Ken. So your hypocrisy is exposed. This is why his story must be told. Okay. Alternate headline to this story. Ryan Gosling is deeply unwell. What the fuck does that even mean? I don't know if this is like a joke. Question mark. Question mark. First of all, it's like not that deep. Ken's story needs to be told. This honestly sounds like a satire of what actors say, you know? Yeah. Like an SNL skit. Yeah. Wait, what? (laughs) Read it again. (laughs) Read it again. He said, suddenly it's like, no, we cared about Ken this whole time. Like, because he said that he didn't think people cared who was going to play Ken before that. He said, no. Well, maybe it wasn't a priority because we were all obviously like, who's going to play Barbie? Because like women are more interesting and it's the Barbie movie. So maybe, yeah, he wasn't like a top priority. But we just assumed they wouldn't fuck it up. Yeah, he said, although no one believes, although... He believes no one cares about Ken. He admitted that he feels like his, that he's the character's representative. He said, quote, I care about this dude now. I'm like his representative. Ken couldn't show up to receive this award, so I'm here to accept it for him. Oh, my God. He's really lost his fucking mind. <laughs> I felt like, you know, I think one of the things everybody loves about Ryan Gosling is he's so not Hollywood. Like, he doesn't, you know, go out. We never see pictures of him and Ava Mendez. Like, he's so private. I feel like he has a really normal life and he doesn't become one of these, like, L.A. Hollywood actors with, like, their head so far up their own ass. But he kind of sounds like he's just, like, a part of the Hollywood machine. This is, like, next level stupid. Or he's just, like, taking the parody of it all very seriously. Like, I feel like this whole yeah. movie is a parody and, like, I don't know. He just went down, the, you know, like, in response to criticism, he's just, like, went down a clown's path. And right, the clown's path. <laughs> And it's a path. You know, it's a choice. It is a choice. And I respect a choice being made, I just want to say. Yeah. Instead of, like, him keeling over and being like, I am old. I am wrinkly. No, here's the thing. What's so interesting is, like, to me, they could not have cast a more perfect Barbie. Like, I don't know any woman in Hollywood who could do it as good as Margot Robbie. And she, in my mind, is not too old. But literally, I think her and Ryan Gosling are the same age. Yeah. They're, like, in the same generation, you know? I feel like when they cast her, I wasn't... I didn't think it was the best choice. No, I remember being like, duh, who's the Barbie of Hollywood? I don't know. Well, honestly, like maybe Sydney Sweeney now, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah, actually, that's... We've been talking about this movie for years. I know. And it's still like confounding because it's not out yet. No one knows what it's about. And they just like keep doing... No, by the way, they released another trailer. Okay. And it's what we thought. Like she has to go to the experience the real world to like like, be her best Barbie yeah it's like similar to Elf she gets like this challenge from Kate McKinnon she's like you can either keep wearing the heels or then gives her a Birkenstock or experience the real world cringe but okay yeah yeah so I I do think she goes to like Manhattan I like the premise of Elf I just don't like that one she goes to Manhattan like she gets arrested Ken goes with her like there's another trailer okay so it's enchanted it's enchanted that works for me it's a proven formula it's a proven formula. It's not out yet. We still don't like know if this movie is going to be good, but I have to assume it's going to be good. Margot Robbie doesn't like do bad movies. I don't know. She just did that other one that no one talked about, Babylon. Which you're right, David O. Russell, where like, like Taylor Swift was in it for a second, right? Brad Pitt. Everyone was in it. Yeah. Why did nobody talk about that? Because it was bad. Interesting. Yeah. It's not as good as <laughs> Babel. No, it's not. Mm-mm. Nothing is. 
Are you ready for our next story? The aforementioned Sydney Sweeney is sat down oh. with Sunday Today to talk about how her grandparents feel about her nude scenes on Euphoria. You know, it's a good question. <laughs> Sydney Sweeney says her father and grandfather walked out when the family watched Euphoria. I she should s- hope so. <laughs> she said her family was a little shocked when they first saw her Euphoria scenes. In an upcoming interview with Sunday Today, she revealed that her dad and grandpa weren't properly prepared to see her on the gritty HBO show, which often features nudity and sexual content. In fact, she said the two of them actually walked out the first time they tried to watch it. She said that her mom had visited her on set a few times, so she knew the story. My dad didn't. I didn't prepare him at all, so he decided he was going to watch it without telling me with his parents. She said, my dad and my grandpa turned it off and walked out. However, she added that her grandmother, who she describes as a big supporter of hers, wasn't as phased by the content and didn't follow their lead. She said, she's a big fan of mine. I bring her all over the world to my different sets and I make her an extra. So she's like totally down with nude Sid. Yeah. No, I mean, grandfather and father, like absolutely not. And her family should have done a better job of making sure that they didn't watch it. Like, I know you've never even seen Euphoria. No, I haven't. But, so I don't know. I know that it's like nude and stuff, but I don't know wh- what her level of like participation it's next is. level. There's literally, Jackie, a scene where she's on a carousel at like a carnival and she's like dry humping the carousel and she like has an orgasm in front of all these people. Like that's not even the worst of it because she was fully clothed. There's another one where she's like fucking Nate in the bathroom and they literally like the, the camera's just like on both of her breasts. Like it's insane. I mean... That's crazy, but it's also, like, she should have told her dad and her grandpa. Yeah. I do often think when, like, you know, starlets get men and women, but it's always the women who are naked, when they get, like, famous, um, and they're in, like, these sort of nude roles, like, how do they protect their, you know, peace with, like, their family and everything? And Euphoria is another level. It's, like, even, it's probably the most graphic show on TV when it comes to sex. Like, I think, actually, no, hands down, it is. It's not the most. It and t- is. I think now the idol is going to usurp. Which is the same creator. Yeah. The idol is such an interesting show. Um, there's been so much hoopla around it. The reviews are abysmal. Yeah. It looks and so graphic and pornographic and... And disturbing. That's yeah. the thing about Euphoria. It's not only graphic. It's really... The characters are supposed to be teenagers so it's just even more disturbing the actors are not but the characters if you're you know buying into the show these are literal teenagers um it's really uh dark and that's that guy's thing sam levinson and it's really like it's disturbing yeah yeah i don't watch i don't think i'm gonna watch i mean i'm not gonna watch idol because i imagine it's disturbing but even just like the still images like they just look disturbing disturbing but i think that's gonna eclipse euphoria make a euphoria look like child's play yeah but i don't think the idol is going to be as popular as euphoria that's the thing interesting like euphoria is like the number one show in the country when it's on and it's not coming back for like another year and it's been off for a year Mm. yeah there's not much on right now no and it's important that like you know the young people who are watching euphoria while this time is you know while they're off the air that they watch you know more uplifting things, more SpongeBob. educational things, or maybe they go outside. Cat dog. Cat dog. Rugrats. Such a good show. Rugrats is on Hulu for whoever wants to know. For Harry. Yeah, because I was like looking for kids stuff because you set me up with my new TV and like Hulu was the only thing I was logged into. So I went to kids. <laughs> they had like five shows and Rugrats was one of them. 
How fabulous is that? Yeah, so we started it from the beginning. It's like kind of crazy. It is a crazy show. <laughs> like really that plot, you just really never know where it's no, going to go. No, it's like it's they're always being babysat by the grandpa who's always sleeping and like there's an actual infant like running around in his diaper who changes it. So you're saying so you're saying it's more so a show about neglect. Yeah. And just like kids raising themselves. Which is a powerful message. But they also are learning lifelong skills. Friendship. Right, right. All right. these things. No, that's, Adventure. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's what I've surmised. Because before I watched 10 minutes of it the other day, I couldn't tell you what Rugrats was about, even though we watched it every day. Yeah, like what is it about? Like I know SpongeBob is about, you know, a sponge who lives in a pineapple under the sea. Yeah, and he's like just trying to make his way through the world. He has a crabby neighbor. He has his best friend. He has his job. And he's just living he, life. Yeah, he's like a... He's like a working class guy. Yeah, he's a working class citizen doing his best and trying to keep it positive. That's beautiful. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you really the plot of Rugrats. No, you're 100% right. Maybe it's better that way. Yeah, the mystery remains. And cat dog. So I think it's about like a cat and a dog who are conjoined at the hip and just getting through life as, as that. What's the larger message? Like that... I think the larger message is like coexistence, yeah, honestly. Coexi- working together, putting our differences aside. I'm a cat, you're a and dog. Then, and it's also just like, you know, getting through life with the cards that you were dealt. You know, I'm sure being attached to a dog as a cat and being attached to a cat as a dog isn't ideal. And we're all kind of given things in life that aren't ideal, but we persevere just like Cat Dog did. So it's a story of perseverance. I would say. Claudia, that's beautiful. <laughs> Cat dog. Cat dog, that theme cat song. dog, cat diggity cat dog. Cat diggity dog. That's, no, that's Mickey Mouse. <laughs> no, but the cat dog theme song like did slap. Yeah, and what would you say is the theme of Mickey Mouse? Like what is he trying to espouse? Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. I mean, honestly, I think Mickey Mouse Clubhouse really does set like an unrealistic standard for adulthood in children because Mickey's life is like too good. It's like he always finds himself in these situations but he always has the exact tool that he needs. You know, it's like, it's a little unrealistic. Sometimes you're going to be dealt a challenge and you don't have the tools to deal with it. There's not, you know, what's that thing called? His. Oh, toodles. Yeah. Like he just isn't always going to have all of that. You know, yeah, it's O-toodles is, is kind of a crutch. But I guess it's, it's a show about teaching preparedness. I think it's a show about problem solving. Yeah. And yeah, working yeah, with yeah. your friends, even though some of them are fucking dumb beyond moronic (laughs) and just like having to be like the one in the group who's always getting things done like it's a good lesson for like you know one day if you're planning a bachelorette party like it's all gonna fall on you and you're gonna have to shepherd these girls through the trip and you learned it from mickey mouse clubhouse yeah it's kind of a story like a modern bachelorette party story (laughs) it actually is yeah like, oh my God, Sarah's dehydrated. What do we have in the in the pack? We have liquid IV. Like, we have the tools to hell. Yeah, that makes but sense. there's always the Mickey. There's, oh, Olivia's the Mickey. Yeah, and you're the Sarah. There's always, I'm so the Sarah. <laughs> I'm the Mary, you're the Rhoda. Are you ready for our next story? If it's the next story that's brought to you by ZocDoc. Tis. You're extremely unlikely to find quality medical advice in your group chat. 
but you can find it from a doctor on ZocDoc. So I think all of us are victims of having some sort of medical issue and trying to find a cause for your symptoms on TikTok, getting down a rabbit hole, then following questionable advice from so-called experts. You can avoid all the trauma of that when you go to ZocDoc. When someone is just exceptionally good at what they do, could be a waiter, a chef, a doctor, you know you're in good hands. So find the best doctor, doctor, <laughs> doctor on ZocDoc. It's the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. And they treat almost every condition under the sun. So there's no more doctor roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor that you just haven't met yet. So with ZocDoc, there are no alarms or surprises. You can choose from thousands of patient-reviewed doctors and specialists, browse doctor profiles, upload and verify with your health insurance information, and get the care you need. So whether you just moved and you don't have any doctors or you have like a new issue that requires a new specialist, I'm always discovering new issues in my life and like I have to go to like random doctors I've never had to go to before. ZocDoc is a haven for that. Go to ZocDoc.com toast and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash toast, ZocDoc.com slash toast. Today's episode is also brought to you by Honey Love. The reviews are in and Honey Love came out on top for the best wedding day shapewear. With wedding season upon us, this is the ad you've been waiting for. Whether you are a bride, a guest, or looking for an everyday fit, Honey Love is your go-to for all things shapewear. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. You'll immediately feel and see the difference, and we have an exclusive listener just just we have an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Get 20% off your entire order when you go to honeylove.com/toast. That's honeylove.com slash toast. I'm a shapewear expert. I've been wearing shapewear literally since I was like eight going to bat mitzvahs and I've been through such a journey when it comes to shapewear. Whether it's shapewear that doesn't fit, shapewear that does fit but doesn't let you breathe, shapewear that digs, shapewear that rolls down. I found Honey Love on literally I think Facebook five years ago and it is my go-to for shapewear and I've gotten so much feedback from toasters ever since we started working with Honey Love that have bought it for weddings or work conferences and they say it's like it's the real deal. I should have listened to you long ago. So their superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. It really is like a, a delicate balance. You want to be sucked in and smoothed out, but you don't want to like die of suffocation. Well, they get it at Honey Love. They also have bodysuits with 360 degree bonded compression that smooths your tummy and hips, built in bus support without underwire. It's shapewear that's comfortable. You heard that right. Again, we have the best shapewear code for you. Treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash toast. That's uh, 20% off when you go to honeylove.com slash toast. Thank you, Claude. You're welcome. Our next story, like speak of the devil, because on Friday we were asking the question, where is Olivia Rodrigo? Oh, and yeah. literally, as we're recording, this girl is posting teasers pointing toward a June 30th revival. Yeah. So Olivia Rodrigo seems to have her, some tricks up her sleeves. The driver's license hitmaker quietly dropped another hint that presumably points towards June 30th as a date to write down. So on Saturday, fans noticed that the Spotify canvas that shows up when you listen to driver's license on the streaming platform has been updated. And in the clip art, it now has her expiration date for her license as June 30th, 2023. Also, her website released a cryptic countdown calendar that launched on Friday um, that also points towards the end of June for some new And things. she posted like a sexy mirror pic and in the back was a calendar with June 30th kind of circled. So it looks like June 30th, like you're wondering where Olivia is, June 30th you'll find out. 
this is very interesting. One, um, you know me, I'm obsessed with this like whole love triangle. And she did release this like, you know, bombshell news like the next day after the Sabrina Carpenter thing. It might have even been the same day. Like, yeah, just interesting. Just interesting. Yeah. No, I think interesting, too. And this is like a very highly anticipated second album. Like, I don't know, you know, the last time somebody's first album became as big as hers did. And there's a lot of pressure. And, you know, it kind of harks back to this age-old conversation we've been having, like, about Olivia Rodrigo being a one-hit wonder, if you will. Like, I'm curious if this album will live up to the first. Yeah, I imagine it is so much pressure. And that's what I was saying years ago when we had this one-hit yes. wonder conversation. Because even when she was in her sour era, obviously she had more than one hit at the time. Yes. But yes. if this album doesn't do what it needs to do she will just always be remembered as the driver's license girl hence a one yeah. wonder I think she's extremely talented and capable of turning out another work of art and I think she'll live up to her own hype but I imagine she's quaking no it's like kind of horrible to like have had such success so early and just that's that's always going to be your benchmark you know you always want to be doing better on the second the third than you did the first the second so that's like the that should be the normal growth and tra- trajectory of a, of a young starlet pop star. But to have historic, unprecedented success in your first album is kind of like a blessing and a curse. A hundred percent. I don't know how you live up to that hype. I mean, that first album is literally it's I can't remember the last time like an entire nation knew every word to an entire album. Yeah, but I also think like sometimes you get so hyped from something like you might just be like right time right place or it's just like a song that like captivates the country it's not like particularly good but it just happens to like yeah move everyone um and I don't think I think she really is that talented so if she has that talent in her for the first album then there's no reason why her second album won't be just as good no you're right because like yeah driver's license took over the world but then the whole album did like the whole album was as good as driver's license License maybe better took over the world but it was an amazing song it wasn't just like you know, Old Town Road, that was like a gimmick. Silly. You know, and then she like followed it up with an entire album of like bangers. Like, re- yeah. you're right. She has the talent. It's not a question of like whether she got lucky. Like, those songs took off because they were good. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just luck and that she's going to have to try and duplicate. So it's just inside of her and she just needs to write how she feels. She just needs to write how she feels. And I know she's been going through like a lot because there was like the success of the album. Then she had a boyfriend and I don't think they're together anymore. So she's been through things that she can write about. Yeah. Even when she was like 12, she was writing about things like getting ice cream at the same place as Sabrina and wrote a whole song about that. And it was a good one. It was a really good one about Billy Joel. Like deja vu from going to the ice cream. No. Literally. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I can get ice cream as many times as possible, and it's it's always going to feel like a new experience. <laughs> There's always a new flavor. There's always a new flavor. There's always a new ice cream shop. I actually, on Friday night, me and Ben went out for dinner, and then I got gelato, which I'm more of like a, if there's two ice cream places next to each other, one of them is um, like American ice cream. Like a cream And one of, them is, one of them is a gelato. Like, I will always go American. That's just me. I'm a proud American. I don't think anyone would have thought otherwise from you. But I had delicious gelato on Friday night. Like, it was delicious. And what flavor did you get? One thing about me, like, I'm consistent. I'm a creature of habit. So guess what flavor I got? Cookies and cream. Yes, ma'am. Me too. That's also my go-to. It's just, like, it's, foolproof. It's the, it's the superior flavor. And anybody who tells you otherwise is lying and stupid yeah. and ugly. Like, I like to try. Like, oh, I'll try the birthday cake, but I know I'm not of ordering course. it. 
You know what? If I am, that's so funny that you said that. Because if I am going to order another flavor, it's going to be birthday cake. <laughs> birthday that's cake like is, my runner up. It's too much. Like the sample size, like when they just put a little on a spoon for you, is like enough of it. It's really sugary and sweet. You're right. Like it's overwhelming. And it, an ordinary woman cannot take it on. I can. You're no ordinary woman. What do you think? Like when you think of the best birthday cake ice cream, what do you think of? Cold Stone? No. Mine's really niche. Was it the place by my house? No. Um, no, that, no offense. That place sucks. No, you're wrong for that. Okay, let me give you like another clue. It's not a chain. It's like Remember a one-off. When, when Zach, we asked him to heat up, like to yeah. get us ice cream from the freezer. We went and got ice cream that day. We got like blue ice cream. Extras. We got extras for the freezer. Yeah, so then that night we wanted it. So we, uh, we were like, can you just get it from the freezer? And so he took it upon himself to like warm it up a little. To plate it. He put it in a bowl. Like it comes in a tub. Leave it in the tub. And it was soup. And so then he's like, he, he's still <laughs> fidgeting in the in the kitchen, like trying to get it to refreeze. Like five minutes later, we're like, "Where are you?" And he comes back with a blue mouth. With yeah, with, because, <laughs> because he literally melted our ice cream, he ruined it, and then while he was waiting, he like ate the rest. And he was like putting it, was, it in the we freezer were, to try to get it to refreeze. And it's like nobody even asked you to warm it up. Like I can wait five minutes while yeah, it gets to guys, the right temperature. We were so mad. He did that. Oh, he did that with my McFlurry the other day heated it up yeah well at first because McFlurries are not like meant to go in the freezer because they're supposed to be like Mm -hmm. so I was waiting for it to but I couldn't even get the spoon out so I was like you know what you could heat it up what it came back (laughs) how long did he heat it up for I don't know how long he heated up for but it came back with like a paper towel wrapped around it and like I heard some crashes in the kitchen so it was it was like a tea no, I heard crashes in the kitchen because I guess he tried to pull the spoon out, which I didn't mm. ask. Like, I just wanted it, like, a little bit softer. Just, like, it, it's, yeah. he's just doing the most on his ice cream Okay, service. just to finish my thought, the best birthday cake ice cream I've ever had is from Gabelle's. Mm. That roadside shack near the place where we went to camp. Like, it was so good. Uh, yeah, but like, I also roadside, think- Roadside ice cream that has like a picnic table that also serves burgers, like very like mom and pops, like chocolate shop from the 50s. Those places have the best ice cream hands down in America. So true. But I also think you're hopped up on the vibes. No, 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 I wasn't. Like our vibes were so high. We were like vibrating at lightning speed. Like any ice cream would have been euphoric. No, no. Those were the days. No. Okay. Agree, disagree. Okay. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? Yeah, that happened so fast. It did. It didn't and didn't because it's been an hour. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and it's not really a story, just like something that's a little fucked up. Okay. YouTube is playing three-minute-long advertisements before first aid videos, and they've already been linked to at least one death. By the so- way, I saw them respond I saw people complaining about this on Twitter and then like YouTube support responded and was like basically telling people to go fuck themselves. After finding someone unconscious and calling an emergency service, a worried bystander might turn to YouTube for a reminder on how to perform CPR. But the site is running advertisements before videos showing how to perform the life-saving intervention. The ads are up to three minutes long and some are only skippable after 30 seconds. Dailymail.com found advertisements for grocery stores and shoes delaying first aid videos made by hospital systems, paramedics, and CPR trainers. Advertisements can be personalized depending on the video consumed by users. Um, who really gives a shit what you're about to watch. Oh, I'm sorry. And then, by the way, when YouTube responded to the person on Twitter being like, I tried to, like, watch a CPR video and there was this ad and it feels really fucked up. 
they were like, well, if you sign up for YouTube Premium, you won't get any ads. They were like trying to sell their subscription. Well, a woman, that was their response. A woman in Germany died earlier this year after her <gasps> CPR was delayed by her helper having to sit through 18 seconds of advertisements on the platform. Like, I can understand. I mean, there's how- no way of knowing that she wouldn't have died anyway, but right. still. But I can understand why, like, it might have not been top of mind for YouTube to realize, like, oh, we shouldn't have advertisements on, like, emergency service vi- videos. Like, I-, I never thought of it. But, like, now that we've established it, like, fucking take them down. Yeah, like verified hospitals, medical services who have their channels and make like sort of preventative videos, they should not be subject to any sort of ad revenue. And like, you're right. It might not have been something that they thought of immediately, but like now that people are talking about it, they should act immediately. Yeah, no, and it's not even about like, oh, you shouldn't make money on the CPR. It's really just about the time. Like, yeah, of if course. you want to put like it's a an post, urgency, you want to put a, a post roll video ad, go, go ahead. For it. But go like, for it. those seconds are crucial a pre-roll or a mid-roll is not cool (laughs) it's like or they'll show up and be like hi i'm gonna teach you how to do cpr today so the first step is add like that's fucked up yeah so i just thought that was fucked up not cool no that is fucked up and i i had seen their response being like check out youtube premium for 15 dollars a month i was cackling it's like not funny but the way that they're handling this is like so poor yeah i feel like they'll eventually get it right you know it's really not that hard to ask the thing with YouTube companies like YouTube, similar to like Google, they're so ubiquitous. It's not like you're going to go to Vimeo now and be like, how to do CPR. Like YouTube is just so integrated into our lives. Like you don't even realize like when you just search for a video, you're always going to find YouTube. It's like they don't like this isn't going to stop user behaviors. Like they're just too big. Yeah. So which is why they could just do us a solid. Right. But they're just like a company that's like uncancelable almost. Like they're too baked into our everyday no I agree but like it doesn't change their bottom line if like how many videos are there even if it's a thousand videos a thousand videos don't have an ad no but like one thing I'm the type of person like if I can't figure out how to do something like I am gonna google it oh my god yeah every like stroller car seat like how to they actually there are a lot of brands that make really good videos like um, they should I, I tried to fucking put Harry in a fucking high chair at a restaurant I swear to god I needed an engineering degree it was so complicated then it turned out that it was broken so like it wasn't me yeah there was um, something weird similarly like I'm literally my my IT department we're just on YouTube like every new piece of equipment that we get for the toast or an issue I'm having with a microphone or a recording device I love those guys those guys who put together like these kind of like geeky nerds who have like these channels being like here's how to sync your camcorder and your roadcaster that I'm their number one fan I love those videos yeah just like sometimes they just take too long you know yeah yeah of course of course like or it's like how do I get GarageBand to do this and it's like a whole video an hour-long video about GarageBand and it's like no you're not looking in the right places because I find that shit in 30 seconds no I've 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 struggled and they they also like on the one hand they go too slow you know it's like oh I know how to open my computer and turn it on yeah 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 and like open up GarageBand that's clearly where I'm at already yeah (laughs) no that's fair that's such a fair critique but still all to the good helping people helping each other helping others helping others is key and that's what we learned um from from the past five today
From Rugrats, yeah, and the Fast Five. Um, let's do a little TV recap. Let's yes. do Jersey. I'm really curious to get your thoughts. And the Jersey recap and then the just TV recap in general is brought to you by Go Macro. In the face of adversity and a fight for survival against cancer, a mother and daughter took their love to the kitchen, and Go Macro was born. Nev, now they are spreading the power of a balanced, plant-based lifestyle across the country with Go Macro. So the Go Macro bars are available in 17 full-size mouthwatering flavors and five kids' flavors. All Go Macro products are certified organic, vegan, gluten-free, kosher, non-GMO, clean, and soy-free. They're made from a combination of plant-based ingredients that serve as a healthy and delicious way to keep you fueled throughout the day. So if you have a food allergy or a dietary restriction, Go Macro also offers three delicious nut-free flavors, including oatmeal chocolate chip, maple sea salt, and sunflower butter plus chocolate. So the Go Macro bars are perfect for anyone in terms of dietary restrictions and they're also just a great thing to have in the house in your bag they keep you full they're really delicious I like that they get really creative with their flavors because I think a lot of these bars start to kind of taste the same but go macro being organic and vegan and all this stuff is you know gives you a peace of mind knowing that it's good they have kids flavors so you can feed your kids knowing that they're delicious and good and good for you um, and we have uh, a code, of course we do, but they also have a new um, flavor, mint chocolate chip. So it's crisp mint meets creamy chocolate for a cool endeavor that refreshes and soothes the soul. The mint chocolate chip bar combines 11 grams of plant-based protein with organic cashew butter and a touch of peppermint for the chillest companion wherever you go. Get your hands on this delicious new flavor by going to gomacro.com using promo code TOAST for 30% off plus free shipping on all orders of over $50. That's gomacro, G-O-M-A-C-R-O.com, promo code TOAST for 30% off plus free shipping. Great. Thank you so much, Turdy Lou. I love Go Macro. You're welcome. Okay, so Real Houses of New Jersey. Oh, yeah. I'm in Ireland, so I'm pretty much like halfway through the season. I'm starting to By the way, how forlorn like, is that house? It's like not glamorous. Oh, I like it. But but, oh. Oh, but like just because I like it. And that would be like a fun trip. That's like my vibe these days, you know? But like the house looks like like haunted. Like it's like bare and like barren. No, I think it's nice. Okay. It, okay. it didn't feel that way to me. What's funny to me is like when they take, they're in, they go all the way to Ireland, they get all dressed up and they take like a bus just to go to a dinner where they have like salmon and wine and then go home. And it's like, you can do that in New Jersey. I've okay, actually never like been the first so, night they got there. No, it was like one of the middle nights oh. of the trip. But I, and I've actually been, never been someone who like thinks like that. Like, cause you know, I just want to do like the same things that I like to do just in right. other countries. But, like, you came all this way. But then the next day they did do that, like, hen party and they chased around the chickens and stuff. And so that seemed more um, authentic. I just, like, don't understand why they chose Ireland. Like, I know Dolores's man is Irish. But, like, isn't this trip, like, really for Teresa's bachelorette? Like, it makes no sense. No, it's so random. But I don't right. dislike it. No, me neither. I actually, I loved when the OC Housewives went to Dublin. Like, I love when they do something different. And I love, like, a and fish not, out and of like, water situation because they're right. so Italian. They're, like, so... Like, and they're always going to, like, Jamaica, Dominican Republic. Like, classic vacation destinations for, like, the eastern coast. Yeah, but I, I liked the setting. You're not going to get me to knock it. No, no, I agree. I like that fish out of water. Like, when the New York Housewives went to Morocco. Like, something so so different. Yeah, and we get to see something, like, different and interesting. And, and culture shocky. And the, the fact that they're staying at a castle, not, like, a hotel in town. Like, yeah. it's, it's nice. Yeah, no, I don't I don't disagree. That's that's fair. Um, so overall So give me your takes like from start like the new girls, give me everything. Oh my god, the new girls are so hard to keep separate and like I really wasn't even giving any of them the time of day until like a few episodes in when I established like my alliances. Um mm -hmm. I really like Rachel Fuda, like really me great head on her shoulders. I can't believe that she 
like fil- started filming the season with a three month old like and she's just she's so like stunning and she's perfect. so like stunning put together snatchler like I literally was in shock um I think her family is just so nice and I just I like her rationale and her way about her like and I also like no, that, she has like a good head on her shoulders and I like that like her inclinations make her gravitate towards Margaret and Melissa because those are my people like they are team rational and yep. Uh, Teresa and Jennifer and bringing in Danielle they are team like just like crazy emotional like no sense is made sometimes I understand where they're coming from and like why their emotions are so high about stuff but Margaret and Melissa just always fucking make sense you know I know and to be honest like I could never not be on that side of the couch like I'm so Margaret Melissa and Jackie too and okay but by the way like Jackie did not have a good season I know she's not even a housewife but like she really pissed me off like when she came in so hot I don't even like Danielle but like when she just came in hot like being so rude and like it was clear that like Jackie had just gotten demoted and then this new girl comes in and has like a higher position on the show than Jackie and like Jackie was clearly just like jealous and bitter and that was she was being so mean girl for no reason. And I don't even like Danielle. Yeah, for no reason. It was just like weird. Um, they didn't even know each other. And she was like, what, you pull your shorts out of the hamper? Like, don't what, be fucking rude. Also, what does that mean? Did they look dirty? I think that, that her shorts were wrinkly. But they're jean shorts. No, it was like, she was just looking. She she didn't even have a chance to speak to her. And then when she was like at Dolores' house to, I think it was to Rachel being like, you're not even looking at me in the eyes right, right now. She's just like so insecure about her demotion that she's lashing out to like make a statement, be like, look, Bravo, you shouldn't have fired me. And she's taking it out on these two new girls. And it's not fair. Yeah, no, she's irrelevant. And the rest of the season, she's just like there as like a friend and a sounding board. And she yeah. like, contributes nothing to the show, except like Evan obviously is a big part of the husband's crew and that's why I'm glad that they like keep everyone in the fold keep, because we yeah. need all the husbands and like I love like they go have a party at Melissa's house and they don't even need to invite other people it's enough people it's like 20 people and you have a party yeah no I completely agree and I think like Evan is a, is a great part and what's so funny is like at the end of last season I had so come around on Jackie I was like really didn't agree with her being demoted like I think she really laid it all out I I had a full 180 on her and my god she just came in like so when she yeah with like jealousy and insecurity I didn't like that also the whole conversation about Rachel Fuda's nose is probably like the rudest and most fucked up thing and like the fact that like nobody stopped what's wrong with her nose just like throw stuff around and also because like Rachel Fuda's a beautiful girl and like yeah you really couldn't insult her looks if you tried no when she has like she has it all going on she's got like a big house the family the looks like she I'm sorry like I hate Danielle no I the, hate her the like I I was for the, uh, the beginning first of all I thought all the new girls names were Jennifer and they were all the same to me and the I way, wasn't even that's so crazy because Jackie I had the same like experience. I literally was looking for Jennifer food on Instagram and I was like oh I guess she doesn't have <laughs> IG that's funny yeah so and they just call everyone Jen because like Jennifer Aiden is Jen Jen Fessler and so I was like Jen 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 um, Jen 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 so I didn't even like have a, a a care in the world between Danielle and Rachel and I really wasn't like trying to get invested in who I care about more but then the chips fell where they may and Rachel you know came to the correct conclusions and also Danielle is just like she's kind of a caricature of a New Jersey housewife like she is too much and she talks such a big talk in her confessionals like she literally acts like she is Tony Soprano and then every time she gets into a confrontation with the girl she cries and she walks away and it's just about like her brother it's not even about like girl and and Margaret's arsenal and she can't handle that conversation but she's the one you don't want to mess with like I think I'll be okay 
So I was like, wait, what's, what episode are you on? Ireland. Okay, I need to just spoil something for you if that's okay. Sure. So her whole gripe, they talk n- literally nonstop until the finale about Danielle being so hurt yes. that she said something to Rachel and Rachel told Margaret. And Margaret and Rachel was like, I wasn't doing this as gossip. I was quite literally just telling a friend what people were saying about, about her. Like, that's it. Jackie, she doesn't stop talking about it till the finale. And in the finale, Danielle is the one who sits down Melissa Gorga and is like, this is what's being said about you. Um, I just wanted to tell you about like this cheating allegation that's going around about you. So she literally does the same exact thing in the final episode that she's mad at Rachel Fuda for the whole season. She just tells Melissa something she heard, you know, in the under the guise of like, you know, wanting to be there for her and look out for her. It's so hypocritical. No, it's so hypocritical. And also like Jennifer Aiden, who I actually has my sympathy and I and I do like. Like I feel like oftentimes she's wrong in arguments and like she gets too emotional and clearly everyone like has an issue with her. But I do like her and I feel like she doesn't do a good job of explaining to Margaret. Like, yes, I forgave you and your apology was heartfelt in that moment. But there have been aftershocks at like yeah all the time since that happened and it makes me mad again like I feel like she just needs to say that once like yes I forgave you but like now my daughter wants to be a love therapist and like and I would understand hearing that and being like fucking Margaret you know yeah no I agree but like I also feel like it's really important and she doesn't do a terrible job at this like Margaret is to blame sure but like so is the man who cheated you know oh of course no but the thing is it's there's two things here one like the cheating which Jennifer like had made peace with at the time it's about her kids and clearly her kids are suffering but also it's like the fact that their home life in general it's not so peachy right now so it all compounded it's not good and like Margaret played a a small role in that and I know Margaret feels bad because when she apologized at that coffee shop last season like it was real she was seriously regretful and remorseful for what she did so but I think that and I understand wanting to move forward we can't always bring up the past but I think Jennifer doesn't do a good job of explaining like it still affects her every single day she's not a good communicator she just like screams and yells and gets drunk but then Jennifer goes and shares a rumor that Melissa had an affair and now nobody's going to feel sorry for her ever again because that is literally exactly what Margaret did to her no it's literally the same thing that happened between like Teresa and Jackie like Teresa brought up this Jackie cheating thing like and she under the guise of being like I have funny hair I didn't say anything and then um the analogy it's like Teresa Teresa and Jennifer are just immune to logic and it's so frustrating to argue with people like that yeah and like Danielle came on the show and she was like you know what I'm going up Teresa's ass like that was clearly her mo I think she she's been on reality tv before it's a safe place to go this is her dream she saw it work out for Jen Um, what show was she on true life true life I'm a Staten Island girl or something like she wants to be a star Okay. And you see that like with the way she dresses her kids also extra. That is her attempt at being a star. And I think she wants to stay on the show for a decent amount of time. And she saw how it worked out for Jen Aiden just like immediately beelining for Teresa's butthole. And that's what she's doing. And I just like hate, I just hate people like that who don't like act on how they truly feel or like what they think is right. They just like want to be on a side. Yeah, but I also can appreciate someone coming and being like, I have an established relationship with Teresa so I'll, or Melissa, because I think Rachel Fuda somehow knew Melissa. Or she knew Team Logic for some reason. And so you're like inclined to believe them, but like you're open to all eventualities, you know? But I honestly, I think Rachel Fuda had an amazing first season. I agree. I'm really enjoying her and her husband. What made me crack up is they waxed her husband at yeah. Melissa's house. And the whole next day, everyone's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Like, people were worried about him. It's like, women do that every day in much more painful places. 
Yeah. And I don't yeah. have like a team checking in. <laughs> What's your thoughts? By the way, Dolores is like so interestingly like not on a side. And that's because she has the brain of team logic, but the history with team not and I logic. And that for her. Yeah, and she's kind of, like, stayed out of it. Um, but what's your thoughts on the Frank of it all? Okay, Dolores is 100% right. Like, yeah. 100%. She gave Frank everything for all of these years. She, like, when she was saying how the girls, they used to, like, make fun of her relationship with David because he wasn't there for her and, like, what's the future and this and that. And, like, now she has that relationship. And now they're like, but what about Frank? When it's, like, Literally. when she was with David, like, Frank was coming around all the time and they're like, but where's David? So it's, like, shut up. You guys said that you wanted this for me the entire time. I understand that Frank is upset, but it is Dolores's turn in life. Like, she... No, and Paul's not wrong. Paul's like, not wanting, wrong. Dolores wanting isn't wrong. all of Dolores. It's sad because, like, we love Frank and everybody loves Frank and Frank is... Frank is hurt but Frank, no, and Frank is the star of the show but like this is the first time in Frank's life like where he can have his cake and eat it too but like typically for regular people you can't have your cake and eat it too so you know his his good fortune ran out I'm sorry but it's Dolores's yeah. turn and she's right I I hope that I think that like Britney should be more involved in like cast stuff just so that Frank can come around more but like yeah what Paul is asking for is not crazy at all. No, not at all. But, and it's but like Dolores it doesn't even, it's not even like Dolores misses Frank. Like, you know? No, I know. She's not even. It's not like Paul's asking her to do it and she, she's like, no. She's not broken up about it. No, she wants like a full life. She finally has a boyfriend who like wants her completely and she doesn't need the crutch of Frank to show up at events with her. Yeah. So as a Frankophile, of course, I want only what's best for him. No, it just makes it more difficult now because of the show. Yeah, but I think that they're the way that they're doing it is going to be fine because Frank is like a guy friend, and then even they had that like couples night, and Brittany and Frank mm-hmm. were there, like, I, and Brittany's friends with Jennifer Fuda, so I don't need her to be full time, but just like when there's events, Frank and Brittany should be there, and that works for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's been a good season. I mean, I we both started the reunion. Shit is so bad between Melissa and Teresa, and like now everyone's like, there's like a pretty much a general consensus from the fandom that Melissa's gonna be let go and fired. I don't think she will be. Like, this is now we're back to like ten years ago. The whole cycle starts again of like them all fighting. The only my thing about Melissa and Teresa, obviously, I'm more team Melissa. I think like Teresa, even when she recaps her conversation that we saw, she'll recap it, that mm-hmm. conversation to someone else. I'm like. You missed, like, the actual she, points of the conversation. You just, like, heard when someone said, fuck you. But, like, what were they actually saying? No, a completely. Her sense of reality is so distorted. Right. So it's like, I'm not going to take your word for every other thing that you say happened. But okay. Um, but my question mark is Louie. I can't get a read on him. I don't know what his intentions are. Because sometimes he's the peacemaker. Sometimes he is so yep. fucking rude to Teresa. Like mm-hmm. not letting her speak. Shutting her down. Making her like listen to everyone. And, so and, true. And then other times he's you know gassing her up and enabling her. And making yeah. her the worst version of herself. Like what is he trying. What position no, is he trying to No but then every now and then he's her. like a true voice of reason. It's so weird. Yeah, no like with Margaret. Like anytime he has so much respect for Margaret. And he yes. like, Teresa listen to her. But then he like flips when it's about something else. But even when he was talking to like Joe and Melissa, he was like weirdly putting Teresa down. But then when he's alone with Teresa, he, he gasses her up. her up. And then so she goes off on Joe and Melissa. And then Louis like, whoa, whoa. Right. No, no. He has like multiple personalities. I don't, he's like psychotic. I can't understand him and his motives. Right. And I think that means his motives are not good you know there's something nefarious there but I can't identify it I can't I can't say what he's trying to do with her but I I imagine like for her friend for her friends especially for like Joe and Melissa it's like what the fuck is this guy doing scary yeah 
scary because he's also like nice to them. No, he's psychotic. <laughs> like that's how a serial killer acts. Like how do you think they lure people to their houses? Like they're nice. Like what is he trying to like, what is his end game for Teresa and her relationships? I do not know. No, I don't know. It's fucking weird. And like the way that they all just talk about therapy all the time, like it's really a bad endorsement for therapy. <laughs> That's funny. Like, seriously. The worst, most dysfunctional couples are in therapy, telling all the good couples that they have to go to therapy. What to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, Okay, so that's our show. We'll keep you abreast. I know you're going to keep watching that. Oh, Love and Death, really quick. I mean, I only watched two episodes. New Max show starring Elizabeth Olsen and Landry from Friday Night Lights. Oh, you'll follow him until the ends of the earth. Whose real name, Jackie, I refuse to learn, and I don't want to learn it. It's about, it's apparently based on a true story, but I haven't been able to Google it yet because I don't want to find out how it ends. Um, but it's about like all these couples living in like the 70s or 80s in Texas, like this conservative town, like the church is their life. And two of the couples, like one of them starts to have an affair with the other. Um, and I don't know how it goes sour, but like it clearly does. But it's a very good show. Like Elizabeth Olsen's an amazing actress and her character is like cute as a button. And Landry's just kind of this like oaf who like finds himself having an affair with like a much more beautiful woman and I don't know where it goes but like somebody ends up getting murdered and I don't know who it is and the whole time I think you're supposed to like be figuring it out who gets murdered who's the murderer oh I'll watch yeah no I think you'll like it it's also just like really kind of beautifully done the way they like paint like this 70s time in Texas it's like it's adorable. It's like aesthetically pleasing. Oh, and your favorite girl is in there. Like Elizabeth Olsen's kind of like confidant and best friend is the girl from Don't Trust the Bee. Kristen Ritter. Chris, Kristen Ritter. Oh my, my God. Ben was like, what's her name? I, I couldn't remember. She doesn't have like a starring role, but I love to see her out here like, you know, get, getting booked and being busy. Also, she's one of those people. It's like if she signs on for something, it's a good show. Yeah, she has like a high bar. She's a taste. good picker or she just has good, I don't know, luck. It's only seven oh, episodes. But, it, gets, but it, it will get canceled once I like it. But I think it's a one season kind of thing. It tells the true story and it's over afterwards. You That's know? a safe venture for me. I think you would like it. I, I So far, I'm real, Ben is loving it. Okay, great. I'm, in, I'm influenced. Um, that's our show. Tomorrow we are in studio with Taylor's Trekker, so make sure you catch that. And we love you dearly. Thanks so much for listening to the Tesla Millennial Morning Show, where we love the best stories. And every Monday, Friday, and YouTube's are watching this on YouTube. Please feel free to subscribe to this video. Thumbs up, or also available as a podcast anywhere. Podcasts can be found. So it's Spotify, iTunes, Public Radio, Radio, Cats, Fox, all of those places. It's a socially famous star, but a beautiful, stunning, and wickedly talented we are. Have an amazing day. Happy Monday. Don't forget to rise and grind. And we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, love you. Bye.